back to season two of Burner Talks, the podcast that keeps it real all the time. This is your host, Jay, back with another episode where we have relatable and potentially outrageous takes. I'm back today with another episode and two more guests. One of them is brand new, and he's been a supporter of the pod for a long time. He's also a fellow Heat and Gator fan. Welcome to the pod, AJ. Introduce yourself, plug your Twitter, and tell our audience how you're feeling today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, my name is AJ, um, as previously mentioned, and my Twitter is at AJ Somayan. Uh, Somayan is spelled S-O-M-E-I-L-L-A-N. All right, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Our next guest is a recurring respondent to the show, and he's been on multiple times already. You should be pretty familiar with him by now. He goes by the name Tommy. Welcome back to the show. Plug your Twitter and tell us how you're feeling today. What's up, everybody? It's Cheetah Tommy here. That's my Twitter handle, by the way. Um, feeling great today. Got a lot to talk about. All right, glad to have you back. So let's go ahead and get into it. Our first topic of the day is going to be briefly about the finals because they ended a few weeks ago, but I never got to give my thoughts and my reaction on the pod. So um, the Bucks won in six. Uh, Giannis got his first ring and won finals MVP. He dropped 50, 14, and five in the last game, I believe. So he pretty much cemented himself as a Hall of Famer and a legend in Milwaukee. Uh, Budenholzer got a ring, which is surprising to say the least. Um, you know, I, I was happy for Giannis overall. And at first, as a Heat fan, I didn't want the Bucks to win because of what they did to us. But, like, as the playoffs went on, I kind of – I just, like, felt that that passion from Giannis. And, you know, after hearing his backstory and everything that he's been through, I was actually happy after they won the championship because at first I just had a lot of spite towards them after we got swept. But, you know, now seeing that and to see how far he's come, I'm happy for them and I'm happy for the Bucks organization because um, they have, hadn't won in 50 years before that. So – I just want to get you guys' thoughts as well on the finals before we move on. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just like you were saying, like I was so uh, against the Bucks doing well just because of like how they, I guess, treated us on Twitter. You remember uh, when the Bucks tweeted like, how is this heat Twitter or whatever like that? And they posted like a bunch of stuff. I was yeah. like super anti-Bucks. Yeah. But man, I love Giannis. And like, I think he's the only player on that team that I actually really like. And like you were saying, man, his backstory and like how hard he's worked to get where he is now. Um, you know, I was really just happy for Giannis, not so much the Bucks, but I think, you know, as a Heat fan, the one thing I'm pretty happy about is that Budenholzer is probably going to keep his job. And I still don't think he's a great coach. So I think eventually that's going to catch up to him and, you know, maybe it'll help us in the future. Yeah, so to add along with what Jay and AJ said, um, at first I wasn't rooting for the Bucks at all because um, obviously they swept us and then, you know, basically all the crap that we talked to them just shot right back to us. But um, towards the end, um, seeing Giannis' passion for the game and how, how, how determined he was to win, it, they grew on me. And, um, you know, obviously you got to feel bad for Chris Paul. May not get another chance at the finals, team. but um, overall, you gotta be happy for them. Man. They deserve it. They work their ass off, and um, we're gonna make sure. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. Like, I feel horrible for Chris Paul too. Like, I was rooting for the Suns during the finals, but 
you know, Chris Paul, like he played his heart out. And honestly, like, I know you're not supposed to say, you know, you're disappointing your teammates, but man, like I'd be so disappointed in Devin Booker because he showed so much like potential in the beginning of the playoffs run. But those last couple of games against Milwaukee, he didn't play that good at all, especially in game, uh, in game six. I mean, Devin Booker had two 40 point games and they lost him. So you yeah. really, really can't put blame on Devin Booker for that. Nah. Hey man, Devin Booker is one of my favorite players yeah. in the league, so I'm definitely not putting the entire blame did, on him. But that too. final game was brutal, man. 19 points, like come on. Yeah, I mean hey, the other thing that we're not talking about is Giannis' free throw shooting in that last game. He only missed two free throws, I think. Yeah, that he was, was like, was like Steve Nash. Yeah, that was insane. That was a anomaly. That was he shot like that 14, was the biggest reason for me that that was the biggest reason why they won to me that game six. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure he shot like 14 for 16 or something like that. Yeah, it was something crazy like that. He only missed one the entire night. 18 for 20. Let me make sure. You say 18 for 20? I think, yeah, 18 for 20. Yeah, that was an anomaly. Hey, he stepped up to the challenge, though, so you got to give him that. All the great step up when they have to. Exactly. And, yeah, like y'all were saying about – Chris Paul, I feel really bad for him as well because I think most people wanted Chris Paul to get that ring because he's uh, aging and he's 36 right now. And to be honest with both of you and everybody listening, I don't think that uh, Chris Paul is going to have a chance to get back to the finals with the Suns because, uh, you know, the Lakers are reloaded, the Clippers are coming back, uh, the Nuggets are coming back with uh, Jamal Murray. I think the Western Conference is coming back and they did – get a bit lucky with injuries during their playoff run. That's not to take away from what they did, but I just think that the West is coming back reloaded. And Let's not forget Golden State. Yeah, Golden State as well. They're going to come back right away with Clay Thompson. Yeah, I think the West is too too strong and too powerful. I don't think that uh, Chris Paul is going to get to that point again. I think they should have did it this year. So, yeah, I don't see them getting back anytime soon. Agreed. And even like I mean, even with us, like the Heat, like obviously we're going to get better and so many teams are going to continue to improve that you can't – I think it was kind of shown within the Heat this year, but it's it's hard to run it back and actually succeed. So I don't think yeah. the Suns are going to fare as well next year as they did this year. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations to the Bucks. Um, the Heat are coming for your neck next year. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> Our next topic is the Olympics. Now, I'm going to be honest with both of you. Uh, I haven't really been keeping up with the Olympics ever since Nigeria beat Team USA because I wanted to watch KZ, Precious, and Gabe and Bam all in the same game playing against each other. So that's the last time I was, like, actually invested into it. So I just thought I'd ask you guys for your insight on what's happening with Team USA and what do you take away from their struggles so far? Well, um, we also played the first game. And it was a bit scary. I mean, but not really because we had a seven point lead for three minutes and we missed our next 11 shots. And France ended up winning the game. So, obviously, it was a bit of concern. France is a talented team. You know, they got a bunch of NBA guys. They got Fournier, Gobert, just name a couple of them. But if you let a team with NBA guys, if, if you let them close, there's a chance they win the game. And that's exactly what happened to continue to the first game. Yeah. And obviously, just... Go ahead, go ahead. Obviously, we played Iran next, and they came out with a sense of urgency. I mean, yeah, Team Iran, but 
they're a team in the Olympics for a reason. They, they qualified. They're, they're, they're a team that competes. And Team USA just came out and dominated. And same thing now with the Czech Republic. I think it was like a day or two ago. Um, once again, dumb, the first quarter wasn't the best. But then once they started in the second quarter, they just turned up the intensity everywhere. Deep. And it, with, with this team, it's going to start on the defensive end because they need stops. And having Drew Holiday come in, you know, for that full court pressure is key. Like, you see that full court pressure, we, we put on other teams, and they, and they, and they don't know what to do with the ball. So, and that's where the offense comes from. Get out in transition, run and gun. Because some of these teams are older, and we're younger and faster and more athletic. So fast breaks are key, and that comes with stops on defense. Yeah, I mean, just bouncing off that, like those scrimmage games in, in Las Vegas, where they were pretty scary. I mean, the Heat, not the Heat, sorry, the U.S. basketball team, they definitely weren't playing as good as they should, and they lost several games, even that Nigeria game that honestly, like, looking back, definitely should not have happened. But, I mean, they're definitely, like, I guess catching stride right now. They played pretty good after the first quarter against the Czech Republic. But, I mean, Spain's a good team, and they're playing them in the first round. So, we'll see how that goes out. But, honestly, I know we're supposed to be rooting for the U.S. and everything. But, man, Slovenia and Luka Doncic, they're so much fun to watch. That guy's just killing it so far in the Olympics. Slovenia's a good-ass team. They're going to be tough. If, yeah. we, if we end up – the only way we can beat them is probably in the medal game. So if we run into them, we're gonna have a hard time. Definitely, I agree on that one. Just uh, Luka Doncic, we know how we know what he can do, especially in those tight games. So I guess with the with Slovenian team, he's been he just beat Spain. I think it was yesterday or that yeah. was early today, and that was it was early today. Yeah, yeah, an incredible game as well. So we'll see how it goes out. But honestly, if I was the U.S., that's a team I'm probably the most scared of right now. And I, I'm not actually. I'd say Australia. First, right now, that that probably be the team we play next because they're yeah. on our side of the bracket and they have Argentina next, which won't be an easy game. But with the way with the way um Australia's been playing, they've been good and they beat us in the exhibition games too. Yep. So we can't forget that. Australia is definitely a good team. Didn't uh Luca tie like a record for the second most points scored in an Olympic game or something like that? I think it was second most. Second most. Yeah. And he scored 48, right? Yeah, and I believe the, the most was 50. So he was right there, too. It wasn't like something, like a long, I guess, gap between those two records. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks it. We all know what he can do. But, yeah, so you said we play Spain in the first round. So how many rounds Spain. are there? It's Spain. Then we play the winner of Australia-Argentina. It'll and probably be Australia. If we win, if we win, we get to the gold medal game. If we lose, we win the bronze medal game. Yeah. So, if we win this game against Spain, there's going to be two games more for sure. Um, so, yeah. yeah. yeah gotcha. Team USA has to be on their, on their A-plus game. Especially on defense, like I stated before. That's where it all starts. So, what's your final prediction? Do you think that is realistic that we'll take on the gold medal? I think Team USA is going to take the gold, but it won't be as easy as it was before. Yeah, I mean, you know, before back with the Dream Team and all those teams that came pretty much after that until now, it was pretty much just playing pickup basketball and most games we were able to blow out the other team, but that's definitely not how it is now. And I think we can definitely bring back gold because, I mean, just on paper, we have the most stacked roster and it's not even close, but it's definitely not going to be easy. We're going to have to work for it, and I, I definitely think that they can do it, but 
It's going to take a lot of work, and there's going to be some close games, but they can close it out. They have the talent, and, you know, Papa's a good coach, despite, I guess, the lack of adjustments early on. The one reason I'm not worried is because we have Kevin Durant on the team. If we need a bucket late down the stretch, we have, we have bucket games, especially Kevin Durant. Who's yeah. going to guard Kevin Durant? There's nobody in the world that can guard Kevin that can guard, guard Kevin Durant. That's facts. Yeah, I mean, and not even just Kevin Durant. And I know uh, Damian Lillard as well. He, Damian Lillard's just a fantastic player down the stretch as well. So if it's not Kevin Durant, it's Damian, Damian Lillard. And obviously there's players after that on the team that are very good as well. So, yeah, KD is obviously the best player on the team, but do you think he has those leadership qualities like a Steph or a LeBron or a Kobe? Man, that's where I don't think so. I don't, I don't think – uh, KD really has those leadership qualities. I don't think. And, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think, I don't, I don't think that so. vocal guy in the locker room to fire up the team. I think the the vocal leader on the team is honestly Draymond Green. He's the loudest person, and he and he's a guy with experience. Yeah, I mean that's. I think that's a pretty good op- observation. But I mean, I feel like they would really benefit not only from this, and obviously we can't go back in the past, but I think they would benefit. Uh, from someone like you know Curry or LeBron, who could be that type of person in the in the locker room, but unfortunately, not all things work out in that sense. So, hopefully, as a as Tommy said, hopefully Draymond can step up and be that guy. You know, Draymond's very vocal in every game he plays, so I wouldn't be surprised at that at all if it is the case. He's a great yeah, he's a really, too. He he's a really guys. passionate player, man. Like, that's just one thing that no, I don't think anybody can deny, whether you like him or not. He's very passionate about the game and about winning games. So that he's definitely someone that I could hopefully see stepping up. Yeah, absolutely. And some people don't understand that talent and leadership don't necessarily go hand in hand at times. You know, uh, the most talented is always uh, the most vocal. And you could say that for Kawhi, maybe. Um, I want to say he's like the the vocal leader on that team, but you know they don't go hand in hand. So I see what you're saying about Draymond and KD and that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, even look within the Heat, like when when there's a when there's a huddle during a tight game, who's the one screaming in there? It's Udonis. Udonis has and like he's exactly. really not he's not the player anymore that's out there scoring buckets for us. I mean, I think he only played like once the entire season. So definitely, like you're right about that one. Talent and leadership do not go hand in hand. And he there's raised special, Hill. There's only a special select hand of players that, that you can say fit in that category. You do just that. counting all the fingers on one hand. Yeah, for sure. UD has the ability to do that. He came in, shot 100%. That's the highest field goal percentage on the entire team <laughs> for the whole yeah, year. Yeah, man. That UD game was so much fun this year. Got out of there in a few minutes, man. <laughs> yeah, if I need, if I need somebody to motivate me to run through a brick wall, is definitely UD for sure. And speaking about UD, I mean, honestly, I I saw a tweet today. I'm not sure how realistic it was because I it wasn't from the most reliable account, but they were saying that UD's probably gonna stay with the Heat. And I know that's something that some people have been very like vocal for and against. Uh, personally, like I, I'm pretty for it, but I don't know. I know some people are really against it as well. I, I honestly thought UD was gonna go out 
and have his swan song with D Wade. So I was surprised that he came back for another year. I wasn't complaining because I thought he was really crucial to our success in the bubble. But um, if he if he does come back, I don't have the issue with it. I know some people on Heat Twitter do because uh, he's taking up a roster spot. Somebody else can have that or whatever. But, you know, I'm content with whatever happens. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good way to look at it. I think, honestly, let UD retire when he wants to. Um, I, I personally yeah. don't think it's too much, uh, you know, too bad to have him on the team as of now. So we'll see how it plays out. Going to have that vocal guy in the locker room to be his first Dapperos. Definitely. He's been Dapperos since 2003. That 11 for that. Exactly. And if he so is a player if anymore. The, whenever the day that UD says, all right, I'm going to hang it up, it's going to be a tough day for us, but. We, we're all going to appreciate him for the, for the great time and that means that we've had Right, right. And if he isn't a player anymore, I still want him, you know, like invested in the organization and hopefully around it because I was, think he's really important. Yeah, like Shane, after he retired from the NBA, uh, he was in the organization for a bit. I know. I think he left uh, previously, like, this past season, but he was in the organization for a while after he retired. So hopefully we can see if Udonis does not become a coach or something uh, that he can at least still be involved in the heat. Cause that's something I was hoping Dwayne Wade would do when he retired, but obviously it didn't work out. So hopefully we can uh, keep UD in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So our next topic today is the NBA draft, which took place a few days ago. We won't touch on this too long because I want to move on to free agency and off-season talk. But my question for you guys is, who do you think was a potential steal in this draft and will make shockwaves for next season? So, for me, I think personally it's Jason Preston from Ohio. After watching him hoop in the March Madness tournament, you know, he just went crazy. And I feel like he can get you a bucket at any time. And I think he'll thrive with the Clippers as well. And – uh. He just has a knack for playmaking. He's like a Swiss Army knife with the ball in his hand. I think he's really talented. So uh, keep in mind, he did all this in college, but that's why I asked you guys who you think potential steals will be. So basically someone under the radar. So I'll let you guys answer that if you have any players in mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't really watch uh, college basketball as much as I want to or should. But I one guy that I heard – you know, he Twitter and NBA Twitter in general talking a lot about that was that was selected pretty late was Sharif Cooper at 48. I ended up watching some of his highlights after he was drafted. And, you know, he really looks like a stud that is probably going to do pretty well in the NBA. So we'll see. But he was drafted at 48. And I know to a lot of players that only gives them even more fuel to succeed more than if they were drafted high. So we'll see how it plays out. But honestly, I don't know enough about college basketball to, you know, talk too much about this. Fair enough. Yeah. Same with AJ. I mean, I know some guys, but um, I'll give you a couple of names. Um, Jonathan Kaminga fell to 11. I thought he would be going, like, top seven. He fell to the hands of Golden State. And they have somewhat decent player development, so he could be something really good for them. Um, I agree with what you said, Jay, with Jason Preston from Ohio. Um, the Bulls who got Ayo Domino? Ayo, Ayo Dosunmu, I think that's how you said. Ayo. I'm just calling him Ayo. I'm not even trying to say this last year. Ayo falling to the Bulls is good for them. People thought he would be a first round pick too. Um, like AJ said, Sharif Cooper was a, is a very good pick at 48. I thought he'd be going first round too. 
Um, that guy can get you a bucket at any time. He was he's a ball player. And um, BJ Boston. Um, I didn't think he bought fifty one to the Clippers, and he did. There's a lot of names that you can say are going to be steals. Yeah, BJ. He he didn't really impress me when I watched him in Kentucky, but maybe he'll find something uh, in the NBA. You said he went to the Clippers? Clippers. Oh, okay. Yeah, he might do something, but I think the main one I had was Jason Preston. I think he went to – he went 33rd, I believe. So, yeah, I think he'll make some shockwaves. Yeah, 33rd. I just searched it up. You read about that. Yep. And – Last but not least, the most important topic of the day is free agency, which begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Tommy, you can clarify that. Yeah, 6 p.m. Well, we tomorrow at 6 p.m. Okay, so we're recording this on a Sunday. So everything's about to get crazy. We all have the woes and shams notifications ready. Uh, we got news today that the Heat declined Iggy's $18 million team option, which makes him an unrestricted free agent. And we also right, and we also know that we accepted Goran Dragic's nineteen point four million dollar team option as well. So I just want to get you guys' reaction on that real quick and what potential moves you think could be made with Goran's contract. Well, obviously the first one that comes in mind, especially after we picked up um, Goran's team option, is the Kyle Lowry deal. Um, that's probably going to be some sort of sign and trade. So, yeah, we needed – I guess the front office decided to pick up the contract because the contract is going to match at the end. So, Lowry is the first move that comes to mind. Um, I've been hearing also DeMar could be involved. So, that's where AD's contract could come into play. And then, potentially, we could re-sign all the deep on the cheap with AD's bird rights and all that stuff. So, so there's a lot of factors in. And then also you have the Brandon Ingram rumors. So there's a lot of rumors going on right now with what we could do. And then also you got to think about Duncan Robinson. Because let me, I got to pull up a tweet according to Bobby Marks from ESPN. Because um, there, there's a way to retain Duncan. He's been big for us these last couple of years. Um, yeah, I mean, just bouncing off that. While he uh, finds a tweet, I mean, I I'm a huge Goran Dragic fan. I own his jersey, and it's gonna be tough to you know possibly see him go. But I mean, if it's training for someone like Kyle Lowry, you have to understand that. And Kyle Lowry is a fantastic player that's immediately gonna make this team a lot better than they already already are. So I mean, I wouldn't be upset at that at all. And I think, as Tommy was saying, getting Demar Derozan would also help. I think my dream scenario right now for this off season is if, if we can get Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan while also keep, also somehow keeping Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, I think that could be a fantastic offseason for the Heat. So if they can make that happen, I'm a super happy fan. Well, I found the tweet, and I'm going to quote it directly to him. Um, it says, this would allow Miami to act as a team over the cap and still have the $9.5 million mid-level plus the ability to bring back the shift to free agent Duncan Robinson. So that was all part of picking up the $19.4 million option of going garbage. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's something that Pat Riley's always going to know. I mean, he's a godfather. He's the one that knows how to run this organization the best. So I think he definitely.
definitely had all those things in mind before accepting the team option. So that's one thing that I think a lot of Heat fans on Twitter need to understand that, you know, we only know so much. We definitely don't know more about the organization than people like Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg. So just let them do their work. And I honestly, I trust in the front office hundred percent. I do as well. And I think you and me, AJ, we both agree that we love Goran and, you know, wish he could stay. But if he is a piece that could be moved in order to get Kyle Lowry, then, you know, business is business. I've loved his time here and he's been here. I think he's the longest tenured player on the Heat other than UD. And he's been here for seven years, maybe. That might yeah, be I think it's seven. Yeah, yeah, 15. I think he got traded yeah. here the year after LeBron left. So 2015. Yeah, it was 2015. Yeah. We've had him for uh, like six or seven years now, I think, uh, depending on how that lines up. But, yeah, you know, I really don't want to let Dragic go, but I understand that you have to. If, if, if you have to, you have to. And I think, as I've said before, if there's one person I want to see him on, like one team I want to see him on besides the Heat, it'd be the Mavericks. I think seeing him and Luka would be something really special, something really fun. Uh, I definitely don't want to send him to a team that he doesn't want to go to and do him wrong like that. So we'll see how yeah. that works out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see the uh, Slovenian connection as well. And we almost traded him to the Mavericks anyway a few summers ago, but the deal supposedly got we had a supposedly we agreed to that deal, but I don't know what happened after. Yeah, I don't know what part of happen. the Jimmy Butler signing trade. Exactly. Yeah, and Derrick Jones Jr. was in that deal as well, but I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if they didn't get something like ironed out, but it didn't happen. So. It may happen now. We'll see. Yeah, man. So, if, but if Gogi has played his last game as a Heat um, member, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for our organization, man. We really miss you. I mean, nothing's official yet, but we always love you, Blackie. Yeah, sure, man. Gotta love him. Yeah, he's always been one of my favorite players on the team. He get, gives it his all every game. And um, one thing that hit home for me was when he came back in the finals. Uh, after he tore his plantar fascia and like he he didn't have to play but he he got out there and uh gave it his all yeah man i i uh i'll take this to the grave but i really think that if him and bam were you know healthy we could have won that game and that other game back uh against the lakers in the bubble so that's something that you know i was thanking for that he got out there he tried his best but unfortunately just things didn't work out uh and if injuries weren't a problem, you know, they could have played out differently. But Goran Dragic is someone that you really have to appreciate if you're a fan of the Heat. I think uh, disliking Goran Dragic and being a Heat fan do not go hand in hand. Yeah. And going back to another flashback, um, back when we picked up Goran, actually, you know, I wish he didn't have Chris Bosch getting the, the blood clot because he really thought that we could pick out Cleveland that he was both. Because we were second in the East, I believe, just behind him or something like that. Yeah, Goran's had some bad luck with here. All of us are going crazy and thinking, oh, we could actually be Cleveland. Like, this, this would be a fun series. But unfortunately, we lost at the blood concert. We never got to see that unfold. But that would have been something exciting to watch. Yeah, he, he definitely deserved a ring, man. It'll be tough to see him go, but we'll see what happens. And that's going to lead into my next question. So um, I'm going to give you guys a few names that have popped up as potential targets. Unlike our free agency radar, 
And what I want you to do is give your opinion on the player and how well you think they'd be as a fit on the Heat. So we'll start off with the people that's already at home, and then we'll go to other players. So first, we'll say Victor Oladipo. I know he's already here, but do you think we should re-sign him? Most definitely try to re-sign him on a somewhat cheap deal. I mean, Victor Oladipo is going to be big for our defense, and he can get to buckets. Whenever he's fully healthy, which you probably will be by – I don't know when the projected date was, like December or something like that. Whenever he gets back to the lineup, it'll be really fun. Um, I remember watching the Warriors game. All of us were watching the Warriors game, and we saw him locked down on step turn. We all we all said, "Yeah, this might be it. This might be our answer. Well, one of our answers." Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Tommy here. I think uh, bringing Oladipo back would be fantastic. We saw what he did in that Warriors game, like Tommy said. Um, and, man, I just don't know if it'll work out, though, because I feel like even uh, if we don't give him that money, I feel like some team will. But uh, I think the one thing maybe working out for us, which is extremely unfortunate for Ladipo, is the fact that he's not going to be ready at the beginning of the season. So maybe, you know, some teams will be hesitant to give him that type of money. So if he's willing to sign a cheap deal with us, I think that would really boost our team to new heights. All right, next player, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. Tommy, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Um, I like Kendrick Nunn. Um, he's a good scorer. Um, we saw improvements in his game this year. But unfortunately, I don't think he's going to stay with us. I think he's going to want that bag, and he'll probably send somewhere else. Yeah, and you got to respect if they want to chase that bag. I mean, he's one that deserves the money. He's one that, uh, you know, definitely – he shined a lot during his time with the Heat. So I would like to keep him, but it all comes down to the money, really. And I think that's something that a lot of Heat fans can, I guess, sympathize. So we'll see how much money he asks. But I guess my answer is yes, depending on how much he asks for. At the end of the day, it's a business. It's a business so whatever happens, yeah, happens. Yeah, of course, of course. Duncan Robinson. Big yes. Huge yes. Huge yes. I, I think that some people underestimate how much he contributes to the Heat. I think that he makes the people around him much better, and I think that he's on, only going to continue to improve, especially in his defense. Uh, you know, he has that huge wingspan, so I think that really helps him out. And if we can keep him, especially with getting Kyle Lowry and, De, and DeMar DeRozan, if that happens, I think we can be a really dangerous team. I, I think it's a huge yes keeping Duncan. Apart from those big names, Duncan is probably our number one priority. Um, you know, obviously he's shooting. What you bring to the table as a shooter, um, it's it's always going to be an important key to our success. How we space the floor. You always got to have that deep threat. Like late in game, you need a bucket or you need a, a three to tie the game or to win the game for some reason. You're always going to have a decent focus on. Hey, we got to guard that guy right there. He's a sniper. So Duncan brings that to the table, um, and he's going to keep improving as a, as a player overall. Um, we saw a little bit of flashes this year of him handling the ball to get to his spots instead of having to just rely on the band handle. So I look out for that as well. So I think it is definitely um, the front office's priority, besides obviously Kyle Lowry and all the other big fish out there, to make sure they re-sign or retain uh, Duncan Robinson. All right. So let's get into the free agents that aren't from our team. So first player is Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I mean, 
Kyle Lowry is someone that uh, I was actually speaking to my dad about this earlier. Kyle Lowry is someone who we didn't see much of, you know, this past season just because the Raptors weren't on TV as much as other players. But Kyle Lowry is definitely a fantastic player still. And I think that he is someone that can come to the team and instantly make us so much better than we already are. His close relationship with Jimmy Butler is definitely going to help the team chemistry off the bat. And he's, he's one of the best players, you know, not like top 10 or something, but he's one of the better players in the league. So I would definitely love to have him. I, uh, I don't know if I want him or Sexton more. I know he's a much better player now, but I'm a guy who likes to think about the future a lot. But Kyle Lowry is someone that I would really like on the Heat. So no hesitations. Yes, for me. Um, I'm going to agree with AJ here. Um, a definite yes. Um, Kyle Lowry solves a lot of our issues that we had last year at the guard position. He's a great defender of top of the perimeter. Um, he's, a good, he's a very good playmaker. That's something that we don't talk about as much. Um, his playmaking abilities, um, he really lacked that last year, especially in the book series. We couldn't, we couldn't get one guy to facilitate the ball for to our main guys to shoot the ball and score. So he'll bring that to the table. Lobby's a reliable shooter as well. And um, he, he's a great veteran leader. He, he's vocal. He can get guys fired up. Yeah, so all, on all top of that shooting, he's clutch. All right, so let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, give, yeah, let's give a little shorter explanation. So I'm going to name these players off. Okay, next is DeMar DeRozan. Hey, I think, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I, I think uh, another yes. I know I've said yes for all of them so far. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about when it comes to him is his is the spacing with the team and everything. You know, Jimmy and Bam aren't great three-point shooters. Uh, so I think it's a yes. I don't think he's as – I don't prioritize him as much as Kyle Lowry, but I would like to see DeMar DeRozan with the Heat. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes as well here. Probably not the biggest one, but um, definitely uh, an improvement – regardless on the roster. The spacing could be an issue. He's an average three-point shooter at best. But um, he, he brings stuff that we need to the table. And um, the chemistry, if we you know, if we get Kyle Lowry, obviously, um, the chemistry would be great uh, from the jump. So the models would be a, a solid addition to the team. Right. Malik Monk. He killer. Oh, yes. Malik Monk. Um, he'd be great as a scorer off the bench. Um, Monk is a terrific scorer. He'd love to see what he can do against us. So a player of his caliber could really benefit the bench, especially if we need a player like a Kendrick Keenan or let's say, uh, we don't want to say this one, but Tyler Hero potentially could get moved. Um, yeah, he'll bring a lot of, he can bring scoring power to the bench. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a scorer for sure. He's left me traumatized in several games before. So he's someone that I definitely won't be open to right off the bat. But I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't be opposed to the Heat picking him up. I'm kind of indifferent about it, though. So, uh, I mean, Malik Monk, what can you say? Great, great scorer? I don't think many teams can say no to that. Blake Griffin. I'm not a fan. I'm going to be honest. I know he got better with the Nets, but... I, I don't know how I feel about him. I know he definitely probably would – I think maybe he could fit pretty well, but I just – I don't know. I don't feel too great about him. Um, I'm going to say no. But Blake could benefit with us, but I'm going to say no. Yeah, we do need a big man as well, but Blake Griffin isn't the big man that we need. 
I agree with that. It's probably better options out there than we, we need. We need a big that can rebound and he, like who's actually big, like not like a Bam out of there who's six nine like center. We need someone like at least six eleven, seven foot who can grab boards and shoot the ball. Blake Griffin is like six ten, I think, or six nine as well. So I don't think Blake Griffin fits into that category. I wouldn't mind Batum at all, man. Like maybe use the mid-level exception on him. Uh, maybe not the entire thing, but, you know, a piece of it. I think that he would be someone that can potentially replace Ariza, which I know replaced Jake Crowder. We're just replacing, replacing, replacing. But he's a solid player. He's a veteran. I think he can definitely contribute to this team. So I'll take him for sure, but definitely not high priority. You know, there's people we need to get above him, but I can't say no to him. I think yeah, he would be a good player to contribute. We're about to run out of time, so speed around to say yes or no to these players. So, Nicholas Batum. Yes. Yes, sir. Spencer Dinwiddie. No. Colin Sexton. Yes, sir. Big yes, yes. sir. Doug McDermott. Man, I don't know. I don't think so. No, but almost a yes. Lonzo Ball. Yes. I'm not opposed. I'll say yes. Tim Hardaway Jr. That's a uh, yes. I'm gonna say, say no. Yes. He's just a little bit of better of a Tyler Hero. I'll take Hero. Brandon Ingram. Yes, yes. yes I don't yes. think anyone could say no to that one. Lori Markinen. No. Nah, I'll pass. I'll pass. All right. Last one is John Collins. Yes, sir. That's a huge yes, but I don't know if he'll be available for that. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely, but he was on the list. So, all right, guys, that's all we had time for today. Uh, once again, thanks, AJ and Tommy, for taking the time to come on. It was a fun episode. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, as always, guys, thanks for keeping it real. This is your host, Jay, and you just listened to Burner Talk. Make sure to keep tuning in to every episode for more discussions with unique guests. I'm out of here. Peace.